All right. So tonight, what, what I really want to talk to you about was uh, is about the nearness of God. Uh, so whether you're a new believer or have been a Christian for a very long time, this this should feel like familiar territory, right? Um, all of us at one point, having heard the gospel articulated to us, we, we all had this kind of genius moment where suddenly we realized, wow, you know, God is real. Right? This, the Holy Spirit is real. right? Or that you realize your sin against the Holy God is real. Um, but your redemption and your freedom in Christ, that is real too. So when all of that's just becoming real, these become, this becomes our kind of first steps into understanding how to draw near to God. We sing hymns about it. We sing praise songs about it. Uh, we read about it in the Psalms, how the psalmist hungers and thirsts after God, how um, the deer panteth for the water. Uh, sorry, uh, as a tear panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after. I remember, I mem- memorized these back when I was you know, uh, memorizing verses from the King James. So. Um, and that could go on and on, of course, with all the different passages in the Bible where we, we just see people really longing after God and the Holy Spirit to come and, and just to get answers, you know. Um, so you see that's really everywhere. It's really a foundational issue in our faith. Um, all of us uh, here, I hope, know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and in fact, there are even times where um, our hearts sometimes feel distant from God. Or we wonder where God is even, in, you know, in any of the situations that we're in. Uh, so let's kind of endeavor to dig deeper tonight. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, help us to understand you more and draw near to you today. Help us to believe that you are with us and are rising up and are lying down. In times when we're brokenhearted, that you're singing over us. Help us to know that you're present in a visible church in our fellowship. Give us new eyes to see in awe and wonder how you are very present in our daily lives, to thirst from you, uh, to thirst after you. Pray that you be glorified even when the road is difficult. Um, to the praise and glory of your name, Amen. Amen. All right. So, if you want to all rise, this is all uh, for the reading of God's word here. So, we're starting from Hebrews ten, Hebrews ten nineteen to twenty two, Hebrews ten. All right, so um, starting from verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word. Uh, please have a seat. So again, so drawing near to God is a clear commandment here, right? It's, again, utterly crucial for us to have a true understanding um, of the gospel uh, to really understand and to thirst after God, right? Um, and here's the big kind of red letter warning here. See, when your heart is far from God, that is when your conduct, that's your resistance to shameful things and your anger, self-righteousness, covetousness, um, all the filth that you already know that leads to death. That's when all those things come rushing back into your life. 
Um, and uh, let me just kind of testify to you that this is true, right? Like I've seen it in my own life. Um, it's kind of like um, if there was a four-inch-tall Pastor Chris living on your shoulder every, everywhere you went, and he could hear your thoughts and all your internet browsing and your, your uh, Amazon you know, um, shopping cart or whatever, you think you'd be on your best behavior, right? It, that's kind of really what it comes to. This, just the um, to have the presence of God wherever you go kind of has an effect on your conduct, on the way you think, the way you act. And in fact, in order for us to return to our sin is when we have to shoo that understanding, the presence of God away from you in order to kind of return to your sin. And, and in those harsh moments when you kind of just beg God to kind of reveal himself again after you've kind of distanced yourself from God, that's kind of what really when you um, need to kind of reevaluate, you know, how much you actually um, are, are seeking after God or just, you know, really just being in love with your sin. Um, so before I jump in, I want to kind of start by telling you about how this message came about. Um, back in 2004, I had the great opportunity of starting my own business. I had a music school in Torrance. And um, it's very successful for many years. And um, due to the pandemic shutdowns, it just really didn't survive. Um, myself, along with hundreds of other small businesses across the country, it just um, it didn't make it, you know. Um, and um, this has been a real difficult season in my life. Um, it's taken a to- huge toll on me emotionally, big chunk out of my life uh, financially. <laughs> um, it's affected um, my wife and our, our marriage and my family. And, you know, this thing that I've kind of poured my heart into for 18 long years, right? Like every little thing about this business, the policies, its goals, its employees, even the furniture and like, you know, my messy desk and all those things. It's just everything about it just had my personality just kind of woven into every little aspect of it. And um, to have it been so successful was, was such a kind of prideful thing for me. Um, and, uh, and to watch it crumble um, was just uh, really hard, you know. Um, and I won't get into it, but that's actually even just the tip of the iceberg, right? There are moments where I just constantly felt like I was just getting kicked in the teeth. And I wanted to see God glorified in this, you know. I, I wanted to uh, be dignified in my suffering throughout. I wanted to just... Um, have a great testimony at the end of this to just tell about how God's been so amazingly faithful to me um, and how uh, he up, upheld my witness throughout. Um, but if I'm being honest, uh, in the thick of it, I, I really felt so far from God. I felt like I was I was doing all the talking and not getting anything back. I felt like I was doing all the giving. And people around me was doing all the taking. And uh, it seemed that God was nowhere to be found. I just felt like a punching bag. You know, I didn't see the end to this. Uh, And I definitely was not the model Christian 
um, in my words, my behavior. Uh, in fact, I think I behaved pretty shamefully through uh, most of it. I'm still not even out of it. So I became very conscious of my need to feel near to God, you know. Uh, frankly, I just, I just really missed him, you know. Um, was God far from me or did I just wander far from God? Even more, was it I that sought him out, you know, uh, when I was, was like deep into it, or was it God who sought me? Um, yeah, the, the creator of the universe, Lord over heaven, uh, the omnipotent and everlasting God, he, he, he was the one, I believe, that uh, really came to rescue me. Um, not to give me all the desires of my heart, actually. I think more than anything, just to remind me um, that he's sanctifying me and that sometimes the sancti sanctifying hurts. And to that end, he's brought me here uh, to preach to you again about his, his goodness. Uh, so my, my goals tonight are pretty uh, simple. Uh, number one, I want to discuss about how, um, how God makes nearness possible and the appropriate response to it. And number two, um, how does drawing near to God look like for us at this church? So uh, starting in verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by, by the blood of Jesus, comma. Uh, so again, it's always good to just start with the gospel uh, with any endeavor when we kind of looked into this. Um, earlier in chapter 10, the writer explains to the Jewish readers the significance of Jesus' sacrifice. Um, he explains how the sacrificial system, the, the sin offering of goats and bulls, uh, never really absolved anyone of their, of their sin, right? This was a ritual that had to be repeated every year, proving that the previous year's um, uh, offering uh, couldn't fully cover your sins, right? In fact, it's really just a harsh reminder um, that we're just utterly helpless uh, to fulfill the requirements of the law. In fact, because of that, it, it's often referred to as, as kind of a curse, right? Um, and then, of course, there's the covenant of promise, as is described in Colossians. Um, the promise rather than covenant of an obligation, right? Like if you, you don't obligate God to save you just because you did these holy things, but this promise of God that... Uh, for those who are near to his law, that he will come save them. So, only a sacrifice equal to the holiness of God can satisfy, satisfy the requirements of the law. Only God himself is a worthy sacrifice to satisfy the wrath of God, and that's Jesus Christ. And in the sacrificial system, who brings the sacrifice to the altar, right? The one who brings the sacrifice to the altar is the one who is grieved by his sin, and faithfully willing to burn and kill the best of his own possessions as a symbol of their faith, right? So believing that God's provision, um, his kindness and mercy is above all these uh, possessions. And therefore, the ones, in, so in the new covenant, therefore, the one who believes in the sufficiency of Christ and the necessity of his death is the one who approaches the altar and, and, um, makes this uh, sacrifice uh, possible. Um, 
because this sacrifice um, also, I should say, uh, though sufficient, doesn't cover necessarily the sins of those who neither acknowledges the sufficiency of Christ nor uh, feels the necessity of Christ. Does that make sense? Right. So I think there's this kind of false understanding with the gospel that um, where it says that whosoever, uh, people translate that to mean everybody, right? But if you are not the one coming to God and saying that my sins are too too great to carry, I need a, I need and this and God is so holy that nothing that I can do uh, can satisfy this. It, you, the, the the one that comes to God with this um, sacrifice, right? Understanding that Christ is the only uh, uh, sufficient sacrifice for our sins. So. Um, that in a nutshell, of course, is the is the um, is the gospel. So it talks about confidence, right? Confidence is a word that is derived from the Latin phrase confide, really with faith, right? And talking about the most holy place. So this is in reference to temple worship. I don't know if you guys have all studied about the temple, but there are these concentric rooms in the temple that, be, you know, uh, greater in uh, holiness. And the Holy of Holies is where uh, the, the actual physical manifestation, the presence of God is. And out of the whole entire world, one nation, and out of that one nation, one tribe, and out of that one tribe, one family, and out of that one family, only one person was able to enter in the, the Holy of Holies, and that's the high priest. Um, to the Jews, this this uh, presence of God was just reserved for one person. But we see here, um, verse 20, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. The new and living way as opposed to the old and dead way, uh, the new covenant of grace. Um, Christ's physical body, having been subject, subjected to every temptation of mankind, um, yet victorious to conquer his fleshly body. Uh, if the wages of sin is death, and a sinless man dies, whose sin caused him to die? Right. So he had to carry the sins of those who would trust in him in order to perform this uh, incredible feat of love. Um, if the holiness of God sheds human blood to pay the price of sinful man, what more can heaven give? I always think about that. It's kind of a, 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 a lyric that kind of shows up in a lot of praise songs, right? Like, to be honest, when I think about heaven, I think I would be happy to just sit on the doorsteps and shine the shoes of everyone, all the righteous people walking in and out, you know, um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I deserve, you know, the full blessing. Um, and, and I'm just so amazed at God's grace to kind of give give everything to make this happen. Um, but really, there is no other way, right? Like, you know, in, in order for God to forgive me, he had to give all of himself. The full holiness, the full loving kindness, the full... Um, power and glory of God has to be on display in order for me to um, enter in 
and so this is this is the benefit. You know, this is the blessing of of uh, this, this great act on the cross. Um, verse twenty one, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, so not man, not sinful like us, not prone to death and hungers after death like us, um, but the Son of God. And so since God himself is our high priest who beckons us into the holy place, what then is our response, right? If you're, you know, uh, transported back to 1994 and Michael Jordan comes out of the... uh, the arena says, hey, guys, come on in. I paid for your tickets. We're going to have a really great, you know, basketball game in here. Every one of us, I think, I don't know if you're a basketball fan, you just jump right in and say, absolutely, let's go check this out, right? If, uh, I don't know, um, if the Beatles, you know, came out of Shea Stadium and said, hey, we're, we're going to play this concert in this baseball stadium. Why don't you come on in? I think I would just leap at the opportunity to run in, right? Even better than... Believe it or not, Michael Jordan and the Beatles combined, (laughs) times a million, right? Mm -hmm. And then times infinity. I mean, uh, the God of heaven, God of, you know, the arbiter of true and, you know, true things and and, and the most loving, you know, all-powerful, everlasting God. He beckons us into his, his presence, right? This is an amazing statement, I think. Yet, I think the presence of God, I think if we're really honest about it, kind of, kind of frightens a lot of us, you know? It's as if Michael Jordan said, come on, come on in, and you, said, you decide, you know, I'm just going to sit out here in the filth of Chicago instead, you know? Um, <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's what we do every day. Um, so what is the appropriate response, Right? Um, verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This isn't really a take it or leave it kind of a proposition. Again, it's a commandment. Um, through the author of Hebrews, God continually repeats this, right? Hebrews 4. Let us draw near with confidence again to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Hebrews 7, 25, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives uh, to make intercession for them. With full assurance of faith, uh, Hebrews 11, without faith, it is impossible to please him for, for he draws near to God for who draws near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Faith that God is holy, humility to know that we are sinful beyond a redeeming, faith that Jesus Christ is sufficient, and to believe that we should act like it, we should respond to that, right? Um, and I love that. In order to cleanse us from guilt, that, that tiny statement... Uh, really means the world to me, you know. Um, 
this is actually a thought that actually always pops into my head, particularly when I'm kind of discussing things with my children about faith. Um, so back in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, um, it's not like God was off down the hall on a conference call and had his back turned and didn't really see what was going on internally. What's going on over here, right? I mean, God was there throughout all of it, right? So again, like I said in the beginning, um, in order for Adam and Eve to sin, they had to, in their minds, kind of... This is These are two people that walked with God, right? You know, one-on-one interaction, like saw the, you know, the, the, the full glory of God. And they were able to just kind of shoo away God's presence just for a moment because that sin was so, you know, uh, just beckoning them. You understand? Right. Um, and then God waited until the coolness of night to finally come and comfort them. Um, and then what did Adam and Eve do? Right. They hid, and they covered themselves in leaves because they were so um, shameful. And then in chapter 3 of Genesis, God took the life of an animal and covered them with skins to cover their shame. So you have the first animal sacrifice uh, right there in Genesis 3. So this, in turn, again, is what we all do. And, and, And unbelievers, to an even staggeringly uh, greater extent, right? That when God, it's, it's God seems far away is because we put him there, right? We love our sin so much. And um, it's not that God took off without us. Uh, it's, it's us that are ones that are ones hiding from him. Uh, we're seeking after our own outcomes and we're just angry about it. I certainly was. I, I think I still fight it, you know. Um, and understanding that God was sanctifying me through this process and understanding that uh, it was going to hurt, right? Um, we're just resisting God's sanctif- sanctifying work uh, for our own good. And um, uh, that's kind of harsh, right? So when it comes to the nearness of God, what, what do we think it is that we want? I think we often just want to be comforted. We want it to feel good, even though uh, sanctification sometimes doesn't. Uh, we want answers, but knowing that God will be glorified doesn't exactly feel like it's enough because, again, um, you want something else. And when everything is terrible, and you just want some, you just want to feel good again, that's when you just kind of so easy to just kind of shoo God away a little bit just to to seek after these kind of momentary pleasures. But God tells us in chapter 2, I'm sorry, uh, 2 Peter, he's given us everything that we need for godliness and good works. You either believe that or you don't, right? So if you do, we have to trust that his provisions for us to seek after him uh, seek after the nearness with him are all available to us and, and provided by God, right? Um, so the benefits of Christ in his nearness, a true comfort in knowing that God what has, God has planned for you is infinite, infinitely better uh, than what you could ever ask for. 
uh, to him who is able to do more than we can uh, think or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We want to know that God hears us and he cares for us. Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. And when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Okay, so where do we draw near to God in our lives? What does this mean for City Bible Church? Okay, so again, um, we don't like it sometimes, but we have to understand that the sanctifying work of God is because God loves us, right? Is a result of his caring for us um, in spite of our, uh, our just attraction, our natural appetites for sin. Jesus says, abide in me and I will. Thank you. <laughs> so this is an in- interesting promise, right? I mean, this isn't just do these things and I guarantee you these are the outcomes, right? This isn't like a self-help book. This is Christ saying that Christ will personally disciple you through this, right? I think it's John 10, uh, he says, uh, if you hold to my teachings and truly are disciples of mine, right? So being discipled by Christ, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. <laughs> um, the church, another provision of God, right? So build up, built up as a church, which is now God's physical manifestation, God's uh, the body of Christ in this world, along with the indwelling spirit of Christ and now in every believer, um, I believe God's personal ministry uh, in us is also for each other. Uh, we can feel God's presence in the presence of his people. Uh, Ephesians 2, 19. Uh, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So the very presence of each other, God's indwelling Spirit in you, is for me a source of uh, the nearness of God, right? the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So in worship as well, right? Uh, Psalm 22, um, uh, Pastor Mike loves this. uh, Yet you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Um, uh, Other translation says, you know, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, right? Um, We praise God in worship and in singing, we magnify him in our lives. He is seated higher in our hearts above any of our cares and any of our desires. Um, he is enthroned in the praises of his people. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think it's uh, utterly clear, you know, when I'm worshiping, I, I really do. I, I just feel so engaged with the presence of God. Um, 
lastly, I, I want to mention prayer, right? Uh, Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears toward their cry. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. First uh, Peter, uh, casting your, your anxieties on him because he cares for you, right? So these are all just familiar um, verses, but of course, just we know that, um, again, when you're just kind of in the thick of it, uh, Lord is, the Lord is always with you, you know? And uh, I know that I've confessed about four times tonight already. Uh, <laughs> there are times where I just, I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't feel it. And I think um, I was just being so stubborn, you know, to resist uh, God's actual presence in my life, right? His actual work, his, his fingerprints are all over, you know, all the things that he destroyed in my life. And I think it's all for, the, for, for my own good. Um, God is present then uh, in your sanctification, in the, in the church body, in, when we're in worship, and when we pray. So therefore, um, so for tonight, I would like to close this in prayer, and I'd love for uh, Kyle to lead us in worship, and um, and as we do those things, I want to kind of invite you all to really uh, relish the silence, relish every sound of the guitar, um, inviting you know the the very presence of God, uh, knowing that you know He's just working in your life, um, just inhabiting, um, uh, is indwelling in your spirit, uh, working in this church. And um, uh, Elizabeth, uh, in one of our small groups, she kind of had a really wonderful um, thing to say once, and uh, I really, um, I, I really wish she was here to hear me say this because um, she was saying that, like, gosh, I really wish we were more of a hugging church, you know. And and uh, I, I was telling her that I came from this kind of medium-sized church that was that was always doing these uh, sexual harassment training for all the leadership, you know? So, like, when these, like, little kids came up to me and hugged me uh, at my last church, uh, my, my first reaction was like, oh, no, this person that I don't know is hugging me, and I just felt uncomfortable, and um, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, if, if I am truly to believe that the presence of the Lord is is um, alive and present in the body. You know, I think I think we should be more uh, open to being uh, affectionate with each other. Uh, of course, you know, it, um, you know, uh, to an extent, of course. But uh, <laughs> but um, I really just uh, thought that that would be something um, a good assignment for all of us here tonight. Maybe not tonight, maybe on Sunday, maybe somewhere along the line. I think it would be great if we could just uh, give each other a great City Bible hug. Um, just to really acknowledge how much we love each other for that. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, so much for bringing us through all the difficult times, Father. And we just know that um, through all of it, uh, you are near. Um, I know that 
God, you are um, always working for our benefit, Lord. And uh, Lord, we feel so much closer to you as we uh, hear your word, but also when we put it to action. Lord, we feel near to you when we pray because we pray with uh, this faith to know that you are uh, with us, that you hear us, Lord, but that you've also paved the way, Lord, that we can come to your presence, uh, come before you, Lord, um, naked and unashamed, Father, um, that your holiness, Father, uh, pays for our sin that separated us. Um, So with... uh, With full confidence, Lord, we come before you as a church, as a family, as a people that is broken, Father, but knowing, Lord, that um, you have paved the way, Lord, for this to be possible. Uh, We want to draw near to you, Lord. We love you, and Lord, we we just want to just uh, see you working in our lives every day. Lord, let every word that we uh, share, Lord, be sprinkled with salt, Lord, let's just be um, aware, Father, that when we call upon you, Lord, when we say your name, Lord, let us just be uh, just honey to our lips. Lord, and as we love each other and minister to each other, Lord, let us just be uh, aware and just uh, um, glorify you for, for, the, for the work that you, do, you are doing in our spirits. Lord, to to enable us to love each other, Lord. Um, All these things we just pray to the praise and glory of your name. Amen.